All they want to do is talk, Kate. Cross talk, cross talk. All they want to do is talk, Kate. Cross talk, cross talk. All they want to do is talk, Kate. If two guys outside of the opera killed your mom and dad and your best kept secrets that you're always mad, you might have been crossed over. Oh, that was awesome. That's why you're listening to Crosstalk, the comic book podcast that covers each issue of Crossover until issue number 10, mm-hmm. which this issue is. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the very last episode. As always, I'm your host, John Mayer. And I'm your other host, Mayor John. And we're here to cut the crap and get to the bottom of what's the talkiest cross-talking there is. This was a, the talky one. This it, was, I think this was Donny Cates' just like him cracking his knuckles behind his desk being like, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want and make everyone read every goddamn word. Let's finally do it. Um, yeah, this definitely feels like a natural spot to end this Wild roller coaster ride of a show that we've been on covering so, yeah. the ups and downs. We got a big reveal today. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it eventually. Yes. But let's chomp and chew into crossover a little bit. Where does this issue lie in the landscape of previous crossovers? Um I would say middle. Mid- middle. Middling. Well, okay. Mostly because I Really hoped that it wasn't Donny Cates behind the curtain. Okay, there's the reveal. I'm sorry to spoil it early, but there were so many cooler moments in these first ten issues uh-huh. that really gassed my goose uh-huh. and made me smile and grin and you know reflect on how much I liked comic books. Yes. Uh, this wasn't that moment for me. Oh, man. I kind of have a different experience. Go. I really liked it. I mm-hmm. thought, like... The way they made their way to it being Donny Cates was fun, and it makes sense, and we all kind of like, you know, you speculate other creators, but assume it's Donny Cates throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been fun if it was something we really didn't expect, but at right. the same time, I think they landed the plane really well. Oh, I'm not saying it was like a crash landing or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the story's still good. For me, I wish it had landed on a different airport. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if we're doing plane analogies. Let's get through the story a little bit. We've got, I don't know if he's Agent Pendleton, but this guy. It starts, oh, right. Well, the book actually starts with a script mm-hmm. and kind of tells you like what's going to happen. And then you see that unfold. So you're really getting, one of the things I appreciated about that was that it wasn't just like a fun, silly page to throw in where you saw a script um, and it's like a nod to comic books just for fun. It kind of gives you an idea of how much Donny Cates really has control over the universe mm-hmm. and the players in the story sure. that's unfolding. Right. So that was an interesting kind of set piece and opening mm-hmm. for the book to start. Well, I mean, the the, the amount of control he thinks he had because uh-huh. we've found out over the issues that it's kind of hit or miss with some things that he's predicted or written out. Yeah, and part of that is might have to do with ellipses. There's something to be said about like 
I, we don't know for sure if Donny Cates specifically created ellipses. Mm-hmm. We know that she ex- is a comic book character that exists, but no one can find the comic book she's from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a bit of a mystery there. Is it that Donny Cates just can't control her? Yeah. Like, is she the only one with free will, really? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know, but she's a wild card in some sense. It's almost... It- I wonder if the like other stinger is going to be later on in the series is that her first appearance or her comic book is crossover, crossover. comic like it's yeah. so meta and so self-referential mm-hmm. that they're going to later find out that they all themselves are in a comic book right now currently. Yeah. So some fun things to to speculate. And it could be because she, since she's not one level like deeper mm-hmm. than meta she has some sort of free will. Sure. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. she exists within the universe yeah. she's being written to. Interesting. Yeah. We're getting spacey, man. We're taking <laughs> we're taking you in this journey to outer space sometimes, dude. Speaking of spacey, we're both lit on some Space Camper IPA from Boulevard mm. Brewing Company. It's so delicious, and those hops get me kind of piney. Yep. You're, you're pining for something. Christmas taste. Mm. Hark, hear the bells, sweet silver bells. <laughs> <laughs> Drink Boulevard beer. <laughs> Ooh. Um, okay, one of the first reveals that we get beyond this kind of conundrum, and you know, you introduce the idea of is he controlling ellipses or not? We don't know for sure. But there's, I think, a dead celestial. There's something that looks very much like a Jack Kirby celestial mm-hmm. um, laid out on a city. Yeah. And its brains are like falling out. Mm hmm. Someone is like, we definitely know what this is. I think this is A, and then the uh, agent Pendleton cuts him off. Right. So he was about to give us like the, the name of it. Yeah, the actual name of it, or whatever it's supposed to be an allusion to. But I'm pretty sure it's just a celestial. But is that like a, like a clever way? I don't know if it's a clever way that they're just like avoiding copyright, probably, or a misdirection of it's actually another thing. Oh, that you. And yeah. we want you to think it's a, a celestial, right? Until we reveal what it actually is. And I don't know if this is going to be a thing where like giant kaiju-sized celestial things come and attack Earth, or. Is it going to be like this one-off, it was just in here for fun to show you something? Like, they could be a part of the plot. Maybe not. We don't know. I think that's where, like, crossover really flourishes, though, when they give, like, those weird uh-huh. subtle wink and nods to, like, other comic books of just like, hey, this is here. Isn't yep. this fun? But this, the, So the scene did serve to tell us, though, that the dome is expanding, mm-hmm. and as it expands, it stretches thinner. So it's right. it's a more porous dome, if you will. Now, <laughs> it's and like a sponge. That's how this celestial was able to get out mm-hmm. and uh, spill its brains all over the suburbs of Denver, I guess. So was it speculated? I can't remember that it's just gonna like encapsulate the world. I think eventually. It's, uh, yeah, I think at some point the dome's gonna grow so large mm-hmm. that they either have to do something to keep it from growing, mm-hmm. or it's just gonna be full on burst. Right. Superheroes just live with us now. Right. It, just my idea. Yeah. Throw a blanket over it. So you don't have to look at it. Just throw a blanket right on over it. And we'll just ignore downtown Denver for the rest of eternity. I've been trying to do that for the last 10 years. Yeah. Is it the same method for just stains? <laughs> yeah. Stains on the carpet from either a dog or a child or. Yourself. I have so many area rugs. Just for that main purpose? All willy-nilly different directions all over my house. Mm-hmm. 
patchwork and covering weird spots. See, I thought that was like a modern thing you were doing, but it turns out you just spill often. Yeah, no. I And, well, I guess a lot of my style sense comes from Trey music videos. <laughs> so I do kind of just dig rugs everywhere. <laughs> you know, this room needs one more rug. <laughs> In the atmosphere. Drops of Jupiter. Okay, I think the funnest part of this book was the Brian Michael Bendis oh, right. Powers Showdown mid-book, mm-hmm. where they finally get him in the interrogation room. Right. And I think that at that point, the art is taken over from Jeff Shaw to the Michael Avenomi. Yes. Um, because the style completely changes mm-hmm. for, for that scene, and it's just fun to just be like right out of a Powers book. Bendis didn't have any role in like writing this moment, did he? Is it's still all Donny Cates? No, kind of right. writing this back and forth. And the the scene's really interesting because it's these guys are hyper aware of comic book creators, mm-hmm. and then the other the powers agents as detectives who's been looking into this thing are hyper aware of the situation. Mm-hmm. And between their banter and back and forth, they kind of put together that someone is orchestrating this who isn't the current writer and the only person with enough of an ego to attempt this Michael Avon Oming poses and then is cut off by a next scene of someone running to find Donnie Cates. So it's very, it's very funny to be like, okay, God, this, you know, who I bet did it is this guy who like loves meta shit and is like such a geek for comics. It was, it was probably Donnie Cates. So I love the way they found it out. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very fun. And there's a handful of other things that happened during that rapport that were fantastic. When Brian Michael Bendis is like first figuring out that there's a serial killer out looking for comic book creators. And they're ex- the Powers Gang is explaining the situation to them and being like, oh, yeah, Brian Michael Bendis is dead. And he's like, oh, <laughs> No, that can't be right. And they're like, Chip Zdarsky's dead too. And Brian Michael Bendis goes, no, 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 please say that's not true. And then they say, Scott Snyder too. (laughs) And Brian Michael Bendis is just like, huh? (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, we just took like a heavy duty shot at Scott Scott Snyder. Snyder. (laughs) And I was like, I'm sure all these guys are friends. Oh, I bet they're all buds. And- it's just like in there to be funny, but at the same time, it read with like, it, it kind of read very much like, fuck that guy. Yeah. And so I was just surprised to see it in there. It was oh, like, Bendis is a petty bitch. Yeah. It was a, it was a funny moment. <laughs> he's also trying to throw Michael Avon Oming under the bus when he's being interrogated because he kind of folds under pressure and is like, listen, I co created the thing. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, I didn't write all of it. And he, he tries to, get them to fall for Oming as their, like, suspect or whatever. So that whole scene was great. I loved that. That's why I kind of wonder, because, like, Donny Cates, you know, knows these creators on a more intimate level. So, like, he knows how mm-hmm. maybe they'd interact yeah. in this moment with, you know, in between the two creators and between, like, their characters interrogating them. Yes. So I almost wonder, well, like, if Donny, like, emailed these guys and was just like, okay, so here's the scene. Yeah. Do you have any notes of like how you, you would, would react, like say certain things, or what you're, what you think you would do in this situation? I think par- part of me thinks that Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Avon Oming 
wrote that scene? I, I'm thinking maybe yeah. Yeah. And maybe they're just like... Especially since Oming ended up doing the art for it, or it was like done in his style sure. at the least. Yeah. Like, um, I think they were involved in how they were portrayed, mm-hmm. and it was it's probably an easier way to like feel good about including other creators. It's got to be in your book because you don't want to, even though you're just trying to play with it and have fun with it, and they say sure, yeah, like it's so meta that you're having commentary about their careers, mm-hmm. and it's coming from them, mm-hmm. so they can make fun of it and poke fun at themselves. Correct. Yeah, and do it in a probably harsher better way it's an easy way to like not i'm i'm not gonna say burn a bridge because i don't think these guys are that fragile right sure with a critique but it's it's a good way to not just like irritate another creator sure. friend of just like you know i wouldn't actually do that it's like just like <laughs> just include them in the book anyway and like yeah. it makes it more fun and enriching for everyone involved yep and they get to have a fun time dunking on themselves it's basically just like a friar's roast mm-hmm. In the comic book form, right. which is genius. Yeah. It's just fun as a fan just speculating how all this stuff happened and the conversations they had. Yeah. It must have been so fun to just sit in a room and brainstorm where you wanted the next arc to go. Yeah. For this has got to be a blast. I so. kind of hope when they do like the big hardcover collection, like he does go in depth of like how this all came together and like who worked on what or if at all and just like really behind the scenes stuff would be really fantastic for this. Yeah. And when I like when we see Donny Cates finally, he like he looks like Alan Moore. He is like yes. grungy and like huge, huge long beard. disheveled beard and mm-hmm. hair. And he's just like, hey, what's going on? He's like in the jail cell or whatever. Uh-huh. Oh man. It's like a re- it, it is a fun reveal, but I was just like, damn it. Yeah. I think I'm I'm just more upset that I was wrong that it wasn't Alan Moore. Yeah, right. But that would have been so mean, I still hold, if it was Alan Moore. <laughs> I don't know if it would have been mean. I think so. I think you can be. They made so much fun of the creator mm-hmm. that you're like, if this is a self-deprecating thing, it's hilarious. Yeah. If it's anyone else, it's so mean. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so issue 10, The this is our swan song for Crosstalk. And I'll say, we're going to keep reading it, so we'll probably just take this conversation over to our Patreon. Yeah. So if you want to keep hearing our updates on it, we do four episodes a month on there. Mm-hmm. Plus bonus. videos yep. and all kinds of fun stuff. Yep. So um, how long, realistically, do you see Crosstalk continuing? Uh, well, I think it's a seller, mm-hmm. and I think it's a fan favorite Mm -hmm. if those two things are different uh, they're probably synonymous (laughs) (laughs) so I didn't need to list them as two different things but um, yeah I don't think it's going anywhere as long as Jeff Shaw and Donny Cates enjoy doing it Mm -hmm. I think it'll stay and stay and stay because they can do those great guest issues too oh yeah Uh and Chip Zdarsky's guest issue oh, so much fun. was so much fun. And I think you are going to have other writers who are interested in guest writing on that and don't use it as like a stupid throwaway one shot. Mm-hmm. Like the idea is just so fun and everyone's so inside the joke that you could do something so funny and different like right. Chip Zdarsky did. I think it is like a fun exercise for a creator to come in and jump on crossover for uh-huh. like a one-off issue of just to like, I don't know, really explore the space and like kind of do some yeah. 
interesting things with the medium. So I think Donny Cates has uh, created somewhere for these artists to come if they want and just kind of fool around. Yes. Which is great in itself and kind of probably a, a sigh of relief for some of these creators where they have to kind of maintain the status quo, whether they're on an indie book or Marvel and DC, they get to come to this like, it's not a goof off book, but yeah. it is a place where they can kind of, you know, uh, take off the shackles of the industry and like just play around a little bit. Exactly. So I hope it goes on for a while as well, but I, I'm surprised they revealed who the creator is, AKA Donny Cates. So Mid arc. Yeah. Cause we're still in the middle of the second arc. Yeah. So that means something else yep. bigger is, is, is ahead. Yeah, we're we're in an arc called Meanwhile. Mm-hmm. It might technically be the third arc by now, but since we're on issue 10. You're right. I think it is. Yeah. Because the first, the first arc ended at six. Uh-huh. Seven was Zadarsky's issue. One shot. Okay, so we're just in the second arc. Yeah, so second arc. Okay. Yep. Either way. I'm going to look back on these first two arcs mm-hmm. very fondly. It'll be like the first time my ghost writer showed me your body is a wonderland. And I was like, this is the hit. This is going to be the one that makes me famous. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you felt the same way yep. when you got wonderland is my body. Yep. Um, just huge career makers for us. And a great time in our life, and yeah. I'll I'll definitely think of these crossover years as you know, kind of an era for me, yeah, a defining era. Exactly right. Like something that'll be written down in the articles of time and remembered for eons. You know, not only something that <laughs> you know defined comic books, but kind of defined me as a person. <laughs> While we're in the thanking mood, uh, we want to thank. Coda and Doug, who did the uh, yes. soundtrack for the show. Exactly right. Uh, we want to thank Joe, who got Donny Cates to do a quick intro for us. Amazing. Uh, Boulevard Beer, always, for sponsoring the show. That's right. Uh, I want to thank you, Mike D. Oh. And Budget King and Caitlin aren't here right now. Mm-hmm. But I want to thank them, too, for doing... This is the first time we've ever done a side show. Yes. With much success. That's right. The analytics for this show is pretty baffling. <laughs> Because it's the same number as our regular show. Right. So you dorkos are tuning in not only for our regular show, but our stupid side show. So the the biggest thank you is to the audience who listened to this uh, fun experiment. We hope you had a good time. If you want more episodes, like we said, go to the Patreon. We'll be checking in on Crossduck every once in a while. All you want to do is talk Kate's. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Cross time!